Peace and love, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Holla Back. This Imani J, aka Cash Money on the Airwaves. I just wanted to check in with y'all. Man, this virus has the world going crazy. Like, if there's anybody out there affected by the, what's it called? The coronavirus. Say I, because I am affected (laughs) by this coronavirus. But I am not by myself. I got somebody to the left of me. I got a hitter to the left of me. Introduce yourself. Let them know who you are. Yes, Jason. What's up, Jason, man? Jason is my guest for today. You know, had to come all the way back to California because of this virus. It has been so crazy just leaving school and having to come back so soon. But you know what? We hanging in there. You hanging in there? Barely. Man. All this stuff. Graduation. See, okay, so y'all don't know, but Jason is in high school. So today he gonna be my little co-host. It's my cousin, actually. It's my family. He's in high school. So today the show is gonna have two perspectives from the college perspective in a high school perspective but yeah you were saying something about graduation yeah um we might like they're counseling like all the senior activities and everything like we can't do prom graduation is canceled now as of today like we can't do anything it's like boring like it just messes up the whole senior year like we can't really do nothing like it's just like dang like we can't graduate, like we can't walk the stage. So now they might, they don't know what they're going to do. They might just hand us our diploma or whatever. It's just like, dang, like the virus really messing up, like our education. Everybody's like, yeah. it's crazy because life goes on so normally, but when right. something like, you never would think something like this would happen. And then when it happens, you're like, whoa, like you start paying attention. You know, so. mm-hmm. Man, this, the Rona, is messing it up for everybody so yeah you don't like the senior high school seniors during this time are affected because they don't even get to graduate but i know um at my school grambling state the seniors are upset too because this is like Mm -hmm. one of the first senior classes that doesn't get to walk the stage or have a ceremony so it's like dang i graduated college we watched all our (laughs) other senior friends last year and all this we watched them graduate coming up the year so we're expecting oh we're finna graduate too, but then like when something happens like this, it's like dang, like we really, we really out here thugging with this virus. Man, oh man, I, I would be so mad if I was a senior right now. I hope Rona goes away until like no forever. I hope the Rona goes away forever. Right, like it's gonna go away. When it, Rona, you need to pack your bags. And hit the road because we don't want to see no more, no more. Man, this is crazy. I just hope next year, I just hope it ends soon because I don't know if it's selfish of me to say that I hope next year that I get to graduate like with the ceremony. Mm -hmm. I will really want that. But who knows? Man, shout out to all the families that are affected, that are affected by the virus. And everything I got going on with my mom, I can't even leave out the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because she's high risk. So. You want to tell everybody about that? Yeah, because my mom was diagnosed with cancer um, my eighth grade year. 
and she's been surviving. She's been doing good, getting better. She used to be like, she used to have a lot of weight. Then she lost a lot of it when the cancer came. And she gained like, she get, she has a good weight now, but she still has it. So like, if we went out, you know, everybody's like, oh, I don't care about Corona. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. So if we were like that, we could come back and bring it back in. They said, if my mom got it, she's dying. So we can't even, we've been just stuck that in the house. That is so tough. Man, I know that is hard. But yeah, she has been surviving and she's been doing a great job. Right. She's been healthy. You know, she's been living her life normally. Right. You know? However, yeah, we got to think about the people who are affected in this time, too. Like, when they say stay home, stay home. It is not... Not a game. It is not a game. This is so serious. Like, it's crazy how serious it is. And we really take that for granted. We've been taking all of this time, you know, not being in school. Now we're not in school. Mm -hmm. Just seeing people on an everyday basis, we are taking that for granted. And we're taking other people's health for granted. You know, I try my best to stay inside Mm -hmm. as long as I can. You know, I'm practicing social distancing right now. (laughs) I know we're together doing this radio show, but I've been practicing it. I've been chilling at the the house. Mm Mm-hmm. It really takes a toll on like a lot of the stuff you had going on because like now it's like oh what can i do i can't even go i, I can't even go to the fast food places anymore that is so true like Everything i have to like we have to cook meals all day every day stay here go to the grocery store tissue wars uh, nobody has time for all that stuff like it's just crazy man everybody has been hoarding a lot of goods from the store lysol Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, a the lot. Most. Okay, so speaking about that, my mom's friend was telling me that she was in the store buying laundry detergent, mm-hmm. and she said she's been buying laundry detergent. She always buys more than one laundry detergent because she has a house full of people. So moving on with the story, she said there's a lady in the store that was like, "Ma'am, are you gonna need both of those laundry detergent?" And she was like. Um, I mean, I usually do, but if you need it, you can have it. Yeah. And she, the lady was like, you know what? I don't even need it. I was just going to test you and see um, what you like. This were going to say to me because I wanted to see if you're going to do what God wanted you to do. Mm. And I thought that was deep. Like, we're in a time where people are trying to look out for themselves. Right. But it's like, did you forget your moral standing? Right. Especially for like all the people from a Christian background and all that, like all the older people, you know how they get, they're like, oh, it's an epidemic. Oh, you guys better start praying. God's about to come, you know? So it's like, you know, it's a lot of factors that go into like all of it. That is very true. Man, during this time, I know I got people all on the timeline. I'm spiritual myself. However, if God didn't say panic, then don't panic because Honestly, spiritually, I feel as if God is the one who said who has to say so. Yes, this pandemic is worldly. You know, it's affecting a lot of people. But also, if you are spiritual, it mentally, it's like, mm-hmm. how is God moving you in this time? Right. And a lot of people are just acting on impulse and doing things because they are scared. 
and a lot of people aren't taking it serious, like going around doing challenges, like licking. Did you see the one when they're like licking the bathroom seat? You know, yeah, and he the went, bathroom yeah, seat. Yeah, the dude was walking in doing the challenge and then licked the seat. Ew. It, he ended up with the coronavirus, so. I mean, that makes sense. Right, and plus we just had a hundred new cases in here in Kern County. I don't know what's going on, like everywhere else but uh-huh. we just got a hundred new cases mm-hmm. today that's why we had they had to call everything down so it's like like it's real it's really out here that is a shame that is man stay home if you didn't hear it from anywhere else or if you're not paying attention to it from anywhere else i'm gonna tell you here from home it is not worth it your life is more important not your life is an important thing in this time right, right now. The other lives, people's yeah, lives. Yeah, other people's lives. Are very important. Like we are all we got. Right. We are all we need. So when we're hurting each other, it's not a good look. Right. It's not a good look. And it's just me. Y'all. You never will guess what happened to me. I had to come home because of the coronavirus. My Spring Fest was canceled, is canceled. I mean, it's not something that is just a shocker, but y'all, this was supposed to be the most lit season for HBCU students. Like, man, we're supposed to have Spring Fest. We're supposed to have uh, Spring Break. Right, man. Right. I booked spring a trip break. to Miami, man. Spring I sp- I booked a trip to Miami for spring break with my girls, and I was like, you know what? We about to have fun for spring break. We about to do this, man. Everybody was on their stuff. Everybody paid for the Airbnb on time. Everybody paid for the flights on time. Everything was going so well. It was too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Then the Rona wanna come and start being messy. Now we can't go nowhere. And American Airlines is not trying to give me back my money for my flight. And you already bought it? And I already paid for it. How much was the ticket? It was like $150. That's cheap compared to all the, you know, sometimes the other flights Mm -hmm. that happen during spring break. Because spring break is a really popular event. Well, going to Miami for spring break is real popular. So... We thought we got a lick. We thought we hit a lick. Right. Whole time we can't even get our money back. <laughs> and for the Airbnb, we did get fifty percent of our money back. We did get fifty percent of our. Money back. But other than that, I'm gonna call American Airlines and be like, "So, I want to talk to Rona. You big fat musty crusty." <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, but yeah. What about you? Have you? Could you think of something that happened to you? Um, the only thing like really that really happened was like I went to a party and like we did through an Airbnb and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it was like my best friend's party, so of course I'm gonna be there. So like, <laughs> it's going up. You know, everybody's doing whatever they do in the party. You know, different sections or whatever. Then like eventually the cops come and all this. So. It's uh, when they came, you know, you know how cops get, they get a little racist and this and that. So like, they're like calling us stuff and like, you know, this, yeah, they're calling us stuff. Kick it. They said that we weren't getting our money because the Airbnb lady had called the cops on us. 
And she was like, I'm staying at the Airbnb. I'm sleeping in my room. No one's, you guys all gotta go. Like none of this, like she's just going crazy talking to the cops and what? stuff. And the cops were just like, you know, uh, they see all these black kids, you know, they're just like, not to get like that, but mm-hmm. it is like that. Yeah, Cause period. they're like, they're like, oh, like we're just bad black kids at a party. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's like when you, you get to see racial profiling mm-hmm. up close and personal. And it's like, dang, that's crazy. Cause you look here and you look at the Instagram videos and the Snapchats mm-hmm. of like people going through this stuff. And you're like, oh, that's crazy. Like stuff is like, this is real, mm-hmm. real life. Man. People don't think this stuff could happen it to is. them, but it really happens. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I, and I'm like out of everything I'm seeing, I'm like being quiet, like I'm, <laughs> Not no problem. I'm leaving. Come get me. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Leaving with my friends. We all left and ate after and stuff. But you know, mm-hmm. like, it just messed up the whole experience. Like everybody was having a good time. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of stuff going on. That was right before the um, Corona too. Ooh, man. So that was like our last, last. party. So they <laughs> just ended really, like that. Yeah, and we we're like, okay, they shut that. So we're like, okay, they shut that down. So we're like, oh, spring break. Spring break, we're all planning to go to the beach, you know, have like, go up. And like, once again, here comes Corona, messing everything up. Like you be seeing this stuff, like seeing like, before even Corona came, you're watching like the stuff like, oh, China, this is. Basically, I just want to say, when you seeing this stuff, like on the internet and stuff, think you gotta think to yourself, this is really happening to people. Like this stuff is real and you don't think about it. You don't take it into consideration mm-hmm. till it's at your front door mm-hmm. and it's happening to you. And they're like, wow, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. When you could have did all these other things, you know, thought, sat back, thought about it like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I remember having a situation similar to that. I've seen a lot of situations that were similar to people being racially profiled and like um, dealing with police brutality. Like, I'm so blessed that I haven't experienced anything crazy, crazy. But I remember when I had just graduated high school, summer 2016, you know, you think you're grown because you graduated high school now. Yeah. You about to go to college, you know, it's like the summer is about to be lit. So me and my friends went to this mansion party way out in like the middle of nowhere, literally. Like there was dirt everywhere, horses, all that. Like the people were neighbors, but they weren't neighbors for miles. Mm -hmm. Like it was out there. But everybody in the town knew about this party. And so, um, the party gets shut down because there's so many people there. It's like maximum capacity. The police come shut it down. So they're trying to lead everybody uh, away from the party. And I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say who, but somebody was like, you know, when we're leaving, F the police. And so the police stopped us and knocked on the window and they made me roll my window down and they basically were, the police officer basically got smart, like, uh, that doesn't hurt my feelings, that doesn't hurt my feelings, but it takes those encounters, you know, right. to 
spark something that could change somebody's life or take somebody's life right. because it was a whole bunch of black and brown kids coming from this party and the most predominantly where we're at in kern county the police officers are white and so um yeah and they're not too friendly towards black people right and p um sorry i'm gonna let you good. get back to that but um and white people be like oh slavery was this long ago like you guys are still bringing race to a factory we don't bring we're not the ones they don't understand that we're not the ones bringing it like as a factory they're making this like how they act you when do you like see black people like you white people be like oh you you're just saying that you know you always got to pull the race card mm -hmm. the, the race card is active this it the, the, we're living in the race card yes this is the this race is card the time the man so long ago mm -hmm. and all that but it's still happening. It might not be as bad as what you say, slavery or whatever, but it's still like, it's still happening to us. Yeah, that is very true. And like you said, like you said, when you're at the Airbnb, you never really see it up close. You always mm -hmm. see it on TV and stuff. Right. And like, I'm not justifying anybody, but people who are not, um, like for example, white people who are not living these everyday struggles, who are not, in like who are not educated on these areas have never experienced these areas or being around a great number of black people in black culture or hispanic and mexican culture like they're not gonna know what it's like for us every single day so because they can't see it they're not going to acknowledge it and that's not cool you know mm -hmm. and a lot of times that's the reason why a lot of there's a lot of police brutality because a lot of these police officers are used to coming from a certain type of neighborhood or mm -hmm. they're not used to the areas that they're patrolling so when they come to these areas they want to use force and right. uh put people in handcuffs and try to like tame quote unquote tame african-american people however that only makes matters worse right. because we are not animals right. and the the way you react to a situation or the way that you de-escalate a situation is very important exactly like you're an enforcer of the law your responsibility is to serve and protect it you're, nothing in that book says the way in which you're supposed to do it however they try to use a lot of force during the times when they act like they're not really professionally trained and they you have cases like stefan clark where they shoot a man like six times or however many times mm -hmm. which is too much over thinking that they're somebody else right and then that's what stuff like when you see on more extreme measures like when it's a different rate mm -hmm. race like other things are like going on like like uh the school shootings or whatever mm -hmm. like how would it be if it was us black people shooting up these schools like how would you guys go by on like taming us how because they mm -hmm. like they're they really don't get any like any punishment penalty about yes it. exactly and when the guy dylan roof the one the white boy who shot up the church mm -hmm. They took him to get something to eat from Burger King, right? Mm -hmm. Right after he killed those people. So that just shows you like the message that is surrounding police officers. And it's not a good message. And I'm not saying that all police officers are bad or that 
um, police officers are just evil people. However, you do have police officers who aren't trained or should be trained more on right. how to deal with certain situations in certain neighborhoods and with certain cultures. Mm -hmm. That's all a part of it. Because when the tables are turned, you really don't see um, well, Caucasian people, right. boys and young boys and girls, uh, getting brutalized by the police. Right. But you got police officers out here snatching up little girls because they were at the water, they were at the swimming pool in their neighborhood and they was too loud and they yeah. was thrown on the floor. But yeah. And then you're like looking at the news like, dang, that's crazy. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're like, this stuff is really going on. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, y'all. So, yeah, we're these are experiences from the African-American perspective. We're talking about things from our perspective and how we feel about them. So nothing that we say is aimed to or nothing that I say is aimed to um, offend anybody. However, the truth has to be spoken no matter right. what. And I'm always going to tell my truth. And that's just how I feel about what's going on at the time and the stigma behind police officers. People don't just hate others one day out of nowhere. It's mm -hmm. generational. And we really just got to break that generational curse. Right. We really do. Right, because you never know what somebody like comes from, like with their family and stuff, mm -hmm. like what they grew up hearing and stuff. But at the same time, like, you got to look at yourself and be like, you know, mm -hmm. like, because you don't you don't have to racial profile oh, or profile yeah. on anyone or whatever you want to do. Like, that's just mm -hmm. take it up with you and God. Man, I agree. So we are going to be like I said, this is the high school. You know, I had Jason on the show to give kind of like a high school perspective of the topic. And, you know, me a college student we're gonna have my views on the topic and see how they differ but to present the topic to you today i just wanted to talk about how white women and young um younger white women are using their platforms to fetishize over black men and black culture you know um and i have people from the community uh homegirls homeboys sisters, moms, friends, aunties, librarians, anybody hits me up and lets me know what they want me to talk about. So I had people in the community holler back at me and they basically told me, hey, you know, I feel as if the fetish of black individuals, men and women in relationships and society today is a problem and it's prominent. Um, it's a prevalent topic and it's showing you know it's something mm. that we need to talk about so i wanted to get into that topic today so how do you feel jason about the whole topic in general i feel like like growing up like with like you know the different races and stuff like in elementary and stuff you grow up and like you get called all these type of things like oh blacky like i was called a black angry bird in what? fourth grade, yeah. And it's stuff you don't forget, just like yes. that. I'll never forget that, ever. That's a shame. And um, you grow up to hearing all this type of stuff, like the girl's like, oh no, I don't like him, he's black, you know. And then like when you get older, they're like, oh, black men, black, dark skin, light skin, oh, I love black men. And then are scared to present us to their families 
you know, where all that other stuff ties in, like, you know, they'll rather bring like a white boy or whatever their race is. People like to date in their race a lot mm -hmm. because they're like scared of what their family has to say about them. Mm -hmm. Which I feel like it should just be you and like on what you like because everybody likes their type, whatever they like. Everybody likes their own stuff. That is very true. And from my perspective, I know I'm a little older than you, but I went through the same things in school. It's crazy. Like, people really do say these crazy things, especially since I'm dark-skinned right. and I'm a dark-skinned girl. You know, people have the most to say. Mm -hmm. And so it's crazy because those things do stick with you. And mm -hmm. it's like, wow, you didn't want me back then. Yeah. Now I'm. Now we're living in a culture where black people are, like, fetished fetishized i think that's the word over like oh i love african women like mm -hmm. black people are just of the motherland and oh my gosh okay now you guys are trying to value us mm -hmm. but it's creepy it's been creepy and i feel like it is true you know right like it's we're really living good. in a fetish culture right uh have you ever had any any experiences where a white girl kind of says something to you or you just had an experience or interaction with someone that basically showed that she was fetishizing over your race um no not really mainly because me personally i stay like with like the black people like mm -hmm. not to get like that but i do because like it's easier you know you come from this like mostly similar background so it's like you know like i don't yeah, discriminate you stay I don't, in within your yeah culture. i don't of course i don't discriminate or anything but like with i feel like i have more stuff we can relate to like mm -hmm. if we're black say from a, like if i'm dating a white girl there are two different cultures mm -hmm. like uh, it gets real difficult and yeah that is true um i remember um me and my homegirls had a talk like before and we basically were talking about how um we prefer to date within our race because we feel like we are able to be understood more um however we just talked about how each and every person felt about it and you know everybody's gonna have their own opinions on the topic um everybody's gonna have their own preferences about who they date and I feel like that's I feel like you can't be faulted for the decisions that you make when you date somebody if you're not doing it on like a negative base right. if you're not saying oh I'm not dating that person just because of their skin color mm -hmm. then I mean you should be fine I figured that I can relate to someone who's black so I'd rather date somebody who's black um, do I believe in the future I won't ever date or possibly marry somebody that's of a different race maybe you never know what god has planned for you right but as of right now and my mindset let god leave the decision to me mm -hmm. i'm marrying your wife yeah now being an adult i feel as if it's not wrong to want to date within your race right. but um when it becomes a fetish when you fetish size i don't know the word it sounds so weird saying fetishize. Well, oh, because that's not the word does. Just fetish. Mm -hmm. When you fetish over something, mm -hmm. I think. But um, when you fetish over people, that's when it starts to get a little weird. Because it's like you have white people who are basically like 
I want to date black because I want to have black mixed babies. Mm-hmm. Or I want to date black because of the stereotype mm-hmm. that black you in high school, you know, you a little older. We could talk a little growing around you. But um, for my other high school kids, you know, if your mama's in the room, turn this down a little bit. But no, y'all, like, it's really real that white girls and white women do fetish over black men because of the stereotype that black men have just, like, you know, big and stuff like that. And then white men and white boys kind of fetish over black women because of our our goodies as well. I'm being real. So, like, it's sad. Um, I heard um, a white boy say to me before not directly to me like he wasn't talking about me but we were all conversing and this is what he said he said he only dates black girls who have big butts mm-hmm. and that's when it becomes a red flag right like you're now you're only dating somebody because of their body parts or what you feel is valuable to you when in our reality it should be what's within who the person is but like at the same time like you know everybody's gonna like what they like you know but it's just like sad when they put race into it like black girls aren't only the girls that you know Mm -hmm. have big butts like i've done Mm -hmm. so on multiple races like i think every race almost Mm -hmm. like you know but you can't lie black people we have real like authentic big features right just like if you're a black boy like they're they expect you to be like playing a sport or like mm-hmm. you know you like oh yeah just like um get out mm-hmm. get out get out was like i i like get out because they incorporate a lot like mm-hmm. on like the profiling too because they're like changing lives with all the black people just because they felt they were like the superior race like they felt like they had benefits like they could jump, mm. they could run, they could, yeah. you know. That's sickening, but it is true. And that also plays a part in like, that's just weird. Right. That's just very weird. But that does also play a part in like people having fetishes. I know a lot of people fetish over the African-American culture, the black culture. A lot of people of different races fetish over it. So when I mean that they have a fetish over it it's like they love everything about it it's kind of it kind of coincides with cultural appropriation Mm -hmm. do you know what cultural appropriation is like what you think it is i don't i don't really know in depth Uh about it but i know it's like i forgot what it is i've heard about it i've heard Mm -hmm. about it all right so for my people who don't know i've said it before I'm, i feel like i'm always kind of you know talking about cultural appropriation but cultural appropriation is basically when another culture see uh take something from another culture and like tries to make it their own or tr- try okay better yet i'm gonna give an example cultural appropriation is like you have a t- you have a project right you create your project you do it and you you're ready to present but then you present and you get an F on the project. But Sally takes your project, does the same project, and gets an A and said and like claims that she did it herself. Right. Or she started it. For example, like the boxer braids, like how Kim Kardashian said, like 
cornrows were called boxer braids. Mm-hmm. That's the same exact thing. Yeah. Like she took something from from our culture, from the black culture, and put it and tried to claim access. Like, oh, these are called boxer braids. Right. But another thing about that same like thing, we I'm not gonna say all black men, but I know when I was in high school, it was like young black men in high school were validating these white girls. I remember it was so like popular for black boys to always be talking about, oh, white girls are evolving. Mm. Like, evolving? What are you saying? Like, they're starting to adapt the features that black women have, Mm. and you don't like them on the black women, so you feel like they're evolving. So, I have a question for you. Because you're a young black boy, do you feel as if black men and also other young black boys like discriminate against black women when it comes to white women i feel yeah specifically with like the black dudes because like all my friends like especially at school like most of the people in my friend group are black Mm -hmm. because that's just like you grab i gravitate towards black people so Mm -hmm. that's who i'm mostly going to be around so they you know they're like oh i got becky or this now you know they're oh have you saw her have you saw her so it's like you know, you're like, oh yeah, like I, my, me myself, I go like, I like black women, like, but they a lot, they do like, they have you thinking like, they'll try to get you into liking them, them too. A lot of them will oh, try snap. to do that. Get, but like me, like, if she's cute, she's cute. Yeah. If you like her, you like her. Exactly. But don't just be like, oh, black girl this, black girl mm-hmm. that, because they're just like all the other women that you're seeing. Exactly. I remember when I was in high school, y'all, um, I had a, a friend, and she was dating this guy at the time. Mind you, me and him are the same skin color. I am a dark-skinned, young, black woman, and he was dark-skinned, too. We both chocolate. But um, my friend is lighter-complected. She's, like, very light. And so he basically would tell her, like, she's the darkest girl that he'd ever date. Mind you, she's very light. And then also, he would tell her, like, um, he'd only usually date white girls. Like, or girls that were of different races. And it was crazy because when, like, I would come around, I know he would be like, there go your little black friend. But you're black too. Right. And I feel like um, in my generation, we did grow up in a time where... The black boys were always the number one person to always have something to say about black girls. So that plays a part in it too. Right. Black men validating to feel as if, well, white women, black girls, to feel as if they can do that. Right. So say you were dating a white girl, right, Jason? Mm-hmm. And she started, one day you noticed that she started getting braids, like, they were different colors, you know, she was getting color in her head, like, mm-hmm. you know, how we do the ombre braids, yeah. and act the part, right. or adopt I, things of your culture. How would that make you feel? It would make me feel weirded out, kind of. Like, seeing, like, someone, like, changing their self because they're, like, dating me, like, you're trying to tap in with, like, my culture, like, trying to, like, you're trying to steal stuff that's personal to me. Like, I'm not expecting you to come in with, like, cornrows and uh, color in them, like, because you, especially 
um, when they, like, usually when they see that, they be like, oh, yeah, she's ratchet, she's this, she's that, or, like, he's hood, and he's this, you know? So it's like, now it's all right, because you're dating a black dude. Oh, so what do you mean, like? They think, like, okay, Explain more what, what you mean. I'm saying, like, other races. They already see you as Right, right. Way. They, no, I'm saying, like, the women. I'm talking they about They look the at black, black women. Right, certain they're way. looking okay. at the black women. Because they want the black men. Yeah. They despise the black women for some, they, everyone has their own needs. But they're despising the black women and, are, and they're like, oh, she's ratchet, she's ghetto, she's this, she's loud, she doesn't have an inside voice and all this. Mm -hmm. But then they start, they finally get the black boy that they want and they're like, okay, I'm about to get braids like I saw the black girl do. I'm about to get hoops. And then like, it's kind of like embarrassing a little to me when like someone sees something like that, like, who you are don't change who you are because of me you're still the white mexican whatever sabrina becky whatever <laughs> your name is that's who you are don't try to go from becky to keisha that is that is very very crazy like i know like white boys who date black girls will trying to adapt what they say to feel more accepted by African-American women. Um, that's when another problem uh, comes because they're trying to act like us and now again with the word nigga. Now they're sitting here, oh yeah. You stupid. get it, keep going. But like nigga, they, now they're like going around to their friends, oh nigga this, nigga that, nigga that. We use nigga, but, excuse me y'all, the N word. They start going around saying the N word and like, thinking it's okay to say it. And like, of course, us being black walking past, they're like, oh, that, you know, mm -hmm. you're like, what? Like, did they just say that? Cause that, even though we use the word, it still comes from a word that the white people created to put us down. We changed it up a little bit, but it's, it still has its origin. Mm -hmm. It's not, and people think it's okay, or like the Mexican thinks it, thinks it's okay. A like, lot of times, oh, Mexican yeah, people like, 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 like to say I can word. say it. I can say it. Um, oh, I don't know when. No. What What is it that you said? The culture. Of, Cultural appropriation. Right there it goes right there. They yeah. think it's okay for them to say it. they're like taking it out their own. Like I most I will you will see a Hispanic person say it before you saw a Caucasian person say it. So it's like, you know, they're trying to fit in and they're like saying the N word on blast. So. I do not believe that um, it is okay for other races to say the N word. I'm not even gonna lie. There'll be times where um, before, you know, you have a friend that you grew up with that's Mexican or something. Mm. Not Most of the time it's Mexican. I don't think anybody white that I've been friends with in the past or that I've known has ever had the audacity to say the n-word around me right. however yes uh where we're from in California the Mexican culture is very large um over here in that Mexican people believe that they share the same I wouldn't I don't want to say culture but um, we all are minorities at the end of the day right. however we don't all identify as the same thing for right. example my same struggles are not your same struggles historically like we can say that black people were 
enslaved by white people, um, by Europeans, and we can say that black people were called the N-word. And our whole journey basically changed. We made it our own, basically. Um, however anybody feels about the N-word is how they feel as a black race. But I'm saying that because of that, that historical thing, that was a black historical thing. Right. Black people adopted the word and changed it to however they want to say it. <coughs> Mexican people can't say that they shared that same historical like journey or ex- historical experience as us. So no, I don't believe that people who are Hispanic should say the N word. Right. Hey, anybody like we need to limit saying it our own self as a race, but shoot, we could say it because it, it was our right. own historical experience. And um, I feel like the Mexicans feel like Hispanics Mm -hmm. feel like they can say it more because they feel like they're being discriminated to, which they are like, you know, Mm -hmm. they're being discriminated. Yeah. Yeah. And so they feel like, oh, well, you guys were discriminated. We're like just being discriminated. Mm -hmm. So what's the problem, you know, but it's still like it's still a problem. It's very much a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. And to go back to um, the just having a fetish over the black culture, I know recently I've seen on Twitter, this white girl was basically on Twitter saying that, why can't she say it, you know? Mm. Why can't I say the N-word? Um, we created the word. Right. Excuse me. And she was basically saying, first of all, I'm not white, I'm pink. So, no. Yeah. Not to be rude, but that's the color that you can change to. Mm-hmm. You're, you identify as a white or European on your birth, birth certificate when you take a test and you gotta circle the little bubble when you're doing the job application, when you're doing anything, you're gonna identify as white. So you identifying as that race eliminates you from trying to be of african-american culture and do the things that african-americans do um culturally Mm -hmm. it's not okay in the media the media plays a big part like social media plays a big part Mm -hmm. in the influence in other people adopting other people's cultures right because once they see like oh yeah all the all the black people are like doing this and like it's cool like we want to do this too what's her name like you got people like the cash me outside girl Mm. the baby what's her name i don't know you know the catch me outside yeah i know the girl i don't know her name bad baby yeah yeah bad baby (laughs) okay (laughs) but you got people like her and whoa vicky right like out here like trying to oh girl like eh. number one you're trying to imitate what you are profiling our race or or stereotyping the black race to be right so not only are you disrespecting the race you're also trying to portray like a stereotype right you've taken on the stereotypical role of it Mm. and tried to and tried to influence that because not everybody is gonna be all clapping in your face doing all that extra stuff Mm. no that's a part of your character right right that has nothing to do with you as a 
as a race. But um, to get back kind of on track or piggyback of what I said about the whole the whole fetish thing, mm -hmm. I really believe that, that that whole role about how basically we're talking about white women and white young girls fetishing, fet having a fetish for black men. And man, yeah. why can't I get that way right? Having a fetish. You know, the whole thug role right. is what they want. Right. And it all comes with the fetish. Like, I want somebody that's hood. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm right. trying to do this because of cult the culture has made that popular. Like, wanting somebody that the media paints in such a way like they're rugged, they're roughnecks, right. or, you know, these figures, you know, right. like these objects in society, like these sex symbols. To tie up the show, man. There's a lot of things that come with um, people just seeing other black people, um, well, actually other races seeing black people in all of their stereotypes. Because when you think about it, that's what it's a play off of, is playing off of the stereotypes um, that were placed on black people and they're really bringing them to life. I had a really good discussion with you today, right, Jason. Right. Like, yeah. yes, your head is on straight about these topics. And as a black young man, mm -hmm. you hold a different position right. in this society, you know? It's sad that you gotta make sure you're okay right. uh, when police pull you over. Like, you mm -hmm. gotta take the necessary precautions due to trying to keep your life right even with like college and stuff a lot of the black, so much harder yeah you have to do a lot more like you have to you really have to work and grind mm -hmm. if you want to be something like yes exactly really. like because we are african-american like we got to work so much harder to um just prove ourselves you know right. One of the great things that I love about going to a historically black college is like you're around so many people who look just like you or similar because we come in all different shades and colors and looks and styles. And then um, also professors, you know, that have probably went through the same process as you and that can also relate to yeah. your experience and mm -hmm. just help age your experience because they know. Right. I'm so thankful that we had this talk because a lot of the times, um, like you said, you never experience police brutality or like pro racial profiling up close until that situation. Right. And you didn't see it as such a big deal yeah, until like, you were in whoa, the position. Yeah, now you're like, yeah. this is real. We're concluding this episode. This is your host, Cash Money, aka Imani J. And you already know you could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Cash Money. It's K-A-S-3-H-S-M-A-N-I, and that's on Instagram and Twitter. So yeah, Jason, you can go ahead and have, shout out your social media where people can follow you. Um, My name's Jason. You guys could add me on Instagram at J-West underscore D, J-A-Y-W-E-S-T underscore D. And yeah, it was really nice being able to talk about this today. Yes. Thank you guys for tuning in. And I'm signing off.
Street.